What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode four of the PNT Fancy Sports Podcast. We took a quick break, uh, two-week break, and we are back now uh, for the week four action for NFL football. I'm Tyler. I'm joined by Pete. Pete, how are you? I'm doing good, hanging in there. It's good to hear. Um, we are very ex- uh, we're we're excited because football. I think it's fair to say is in full swing right now, and I think it's definitely fair to say that um, some of the guys that we picked or some of the guys that we might have preached. Um, might not have worked out, but I think there are also some guys who you could say have been quite a pleasant surprise. Um, and so for this episode, we are kind of hoping to do a pleasant surprise, uh, disappointment, um, type of breakdown here. And we're going to go by position. We'll do wide receiver, quarterback, running back, um, maybe a tight end or defense in there as well. Um, Pete, I know that you personally have quite a few of these, um, and I know I do as well. Um, what made you think of this little idea we're about to do here? Well, I mean, we are a few weeks in. We we actually we we had that little break, so this is just like a little quick pick me up, get us back on track, sort of. Uh, just guys that have been standing out and doing very well out on the field for the last few weeks. So, um, for I would say the first category we'll go by is by quarterback, and the pleasant surprise for quarterback is none other than Patrick Mahomes. He's just <laughs> been balling and slinging. Um, he looks really good out there, looks really comfortable in the Andy Reid offense, so it's really nice to see him putting up good numbers. I would say that a pleasant surprise for Patrick Mahomes is like putting it lightly. I mean, he has been just absolutely awesome. For anyone who picked him, especially if you got him in the last like two or three rounds, which a lot of people did, you are very much... Um, receiving the dividends of that of that pick, um, and those are the types of picks. Again, who could you have picked other than Patrick Mahomes at that pick? No one. You well, you know who you could have picked: kicker or defense, right? And people do that, right? And I think this is just like the, another instance, another case of people making you know very bad mistakes on draft day, taking guys who maybe won't value be as valuable to the team, um, and Patrick is one of them. Um, but I agree, a very great player, and uh, I, I have the unfortunate task of facing him this week, actually. My QB surprise, if I had to go with one QB surprise, I, I, I feel like the easy answer is Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's so easy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say and I'm gonna say Big Ben. Um, just because Big Ben, at the start of the year, people really weren't sold on him. He's another guy who went in the 14th through 16th round, and it's just nice to see Big Ben kind of get his due, in my opinion. Um, and he even beat the road, the road uh, home split curse thing that everyone says Big Ben can't play on the road. He went into Tampa, Raymond James, and absolutely slung the rock against. I know they're a bad defense, but again, that's what you expect from Big Ben is to beat those types of teams. So for my biggest surprise, I think for all the shit people gave Big Ben at the beginning of the year, it's nice to see Big Ben kind of making a little little statement, you know. Yeah, Big Ben definitely uh, has done well, and Juju has done well with him. Juju, mm-hmm. Juju's been the beneficiary. Um, I will add, um, just keep staying on track with the quarterback category here, that a, a 
surprise in a negative way um sadly is the goat the president of the new of the of new england um yeah basically he is the president we he mentioned yeah. uh tom brady yeah he's very he's been struggling um he's not looking great he just finished with under 200 yards against the lions mm-hmm. this last week yeah the offense does not look great so um we really hope for tom to turn it around the whole patriots offense looks bad so yeah, I mean, I, I own a part of the Patriots offense with Chris Hogan, and that was one we'll probably get to him eventually. Um, but that was one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made in my life. Um, in terms of my bad surprises, guys that surprised me in a negative way, um, obviously Brady is one of those guys. Um, I, you could say Eli Manning. You could say a couple guys in that spot. Um, personally, I think at least just from a, a basic level, um, I was very surprised and disappointed by the Jimmy G injury. And I think his injury, you know, we, we expected a lot out of him, Jimmy Garoppolo. And, um, again, it's, this is surprises. It's not a good surprise. Um, no one wants to see an ACL. Um, but I think that's another reason why, you know, the one issue with QBs or maybe not an issue, but he was going pretty high in drafts and he did, he went above Mahomes in drafts universally. I don't think there's any debate about that. And so that's a little tough. That's tough, a tough pill to swallow if you took Jimmy G and you could have had uh, Mahomes. I know my brother uh, did that. I know a couple people have done that. And it's, uh, it's just tough. Um, and so I would say for my negative surprise, for it's really like disappointing. And it's not his fault. You, you can't control tearing your ACL. But Jimmy G. Um, no, it was his fault. Well, what, did he plant his foot the wrong way? Or? Well, no, because he was running up the sideline. And all he had to do was take one step out of bounds, but he plants that foot to move, go upfield an extra yard to lower his shoulder on a safety. And while he plants that leg, his knee gives out. He falls down. The safety just kind of hits him regularly to the ground. The play is like just really upsetting to watch because Jimmy G did it to himself. It was all his fault. Okay, see, so yeah, I actually didn't know that. I actually did not see the injury go down. Um, so that's good to know. But, again, yeah, sad to see Jimmy G go down that way. I, I think that's, you know – it's it's unfortunate, and now the whole 49ers, every single 49ers player that you had for fantasy purposes has gone absolutely downhill. Um, let's move on to running backs, though. Maybe a little more jo- jovial discussion. Not a lot of running back injuries yet. Um, knock on wood, right? Knock on wood. But we haven't had many yet. Um, one of the players who has, who has kind of risen from the ashes, and this isn't even from an injury, though, and my first surprise would be uh, James Conner. And we kind of debated putting him on this list because even though he was a surprise, it was kind of expected that he would do well. But I don't think we expected uh, RB1 numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely did not expect – I didn't ex- well, I didn't expect to play him at all. I didn't expect to even own him on my team. Um, but things happen, and Le'Veon decided he wants to stay jet skiing or whatever he's doing right now. Do you follow him on Snapchat, by the way? Mm-hmm. It is – for other people, it's probably like, whatever, this is funny. It's sad. I'm like watching him like party and like go on jet skis and like play with his good daughter. And I'm just like, man, just get out on the field. Like, please. Like, I just ask one thing of you. Um, but uh, James Conner, um, he's actually kind of run into a wall a little bit the last week um, in the second half of the second game. He kind of ran into a little bit of a wall. Um, but he's getting the Le'Veon usage treatment. Like, he is getting used just like Le'Veon did. Um, he doesn't run as crisp routes as Le'Veon, so he doesn't get a lot of targets. 
Uh, but he still gets enough where if you drafted Le'Veon and you took James Conner, you are still afloat, I think. if you ha- Again, it, that's subjective to your entire team. But Le'Veon, missing Le'Veon is not the biggest issue if you have James Conner. And I can really only thank God for picking him up when I did. Because if I didn't, uh, I would be in a, lot of, a, a very rough spot right now. Um, to move on in the running back category for a surprise. Now, I'm just going to throw two guys together for you. Um, Adrian Peterson and Carlos Hyde have been pleasant surprises at the running back position. So, Peterson actually has three rushing touchdowns this year, and Carlos Hyde has four. Um, and so, through three weeks, both of them are top ten running backs. And I got to say, Peterson's a pleasant surprise. I didn't expect much out of him in the Redskins offense. Um, he, he's held his own. He looks pretty good. Um, and Carlos Hyde looks really good in a Browns jersey. He's he's running very hard, um, and so far both of them are top ten running backs in fantasy, and um, they're, they're flirting with RB one numbers. But um, they're they're not there yet. But um, we're we're hoping that a guy like Kareem Hunt and David Johnson, they they these guys can step up and finally take that top ten spot back mm. from guys like them. Well, I I will say that last year I owned Carlos when he was on the 49ers, and you could tell that he was a talented player, um, and he even caught the ball pretty well when he really didn't have the reputation of being like a pass-catching back. Um, but for some reason, Shanahan just was not a fan of his, um, and he his playing time, I, I guess it makes sense because we're seeing Breida now, and Breida's exploding, mm-hmm. and I'm sure we'll get to him eventually. Um, but it's just like, you know, I, I didn't expect Hyde to do this. Um, and last week in particular... Was there any doubt that he was going to go off with his kid, like, about to be born in the hospital? No, I mean, they said, like, he was about to, he was waiting for game time. He was, like, sitting there for the text message the whole time, and, and then he ended up playing through the night and found out that, you know, he had the kid. And, obviously, the two touchdowns, you know, can't top that. And it was his birthday. Yeah, it was his birthday. He scored two touchdowns. He he actually finished with 98 yards. So if any of you have the 100-point bonus in your league, uh, you know, you could have asked for two more yards. But, um, no, he had, he, had, he had a great outing, and, and he had a kid. So good for him. Yeah. Um, a, a, second, a second one that I would say, and you already, um, you, you already touched on him a bit, um, and that's Matt Breda. Or we, we touched on him a bit, Matt Breda. I, I – you were a big, and I, you know, uh, everyone has their faults. You did like Alfred Morris. Um, yeah, I liked them both. Yeah, I, I think we did like them both. I think that was that was the the mis- the appeal was the offense, um, but I don't think we uh, that we expected Brita to be what he is. Uh, I did not expect him to lead the league in rushing after three weeks. Um, but you know what? Last year we would hear stories about him being like the better guy in the backfield, even compared to Hyde. Um, and I refused to believe him because I had Hyde, and I just didn't want to believe it. Refused to believe it. So I think in general, I think um, if you do have Brita at this point, there's no point of letting him go. He is reminding me a lot of a, um, a, a maybe this is not the best comparison, but he reminds me a lot of like a Laguerre Blunt in terms of fantasy, not in terms of play, but in terms of fantasy appeal, where you probably won't get a lot if you try and treat Brita. I don't think people are going to be like excited for Brita. Um, but you know that Breed is going to do well for you. And that's how Blunt was for me 2016, where it was like you knew Blunt was going to do well. For some reason, he just didn't really stick with the rest of the people in the league. Um, and this, this year, another person like that, and as, as a third surprise, and I don't know if it's really a surprise. This could be more a fluke than anything, 
but um, Buck Allen has t- three straight 10-point scoring weeks. He is the red zone back of the Ravens defense, who or of the offense rather, who is a pretty good offense. It's a pretty good, pretty good team. Um, and so again, that's like another guy. Like I don't want to buck up. I really don't. Um, but sometimes you have to realize that this these types of guys are safer plays than maybe like a Kenyon Drake or like a. I'm not saying I'd rather probably have Kenyon Drake, but you you should you shouldn't just because it's Buck Allen. I I don't think you should be scared away from starting him. That's all. Um, to touch on Buck, I, I think he's a little touchdown dependent, considering that obviously most all of his games this year he scored at least one touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I that helps, but he hasn't had a game of more than like six or seven carries. I don't think, right. or ten yards for that matter. I don't think he even had ten yards rushing, but he's had touchdowns. So I mean, and he receives, so he he, he, does, he does well. He does get a lot of catches. That's the thing. Um, and if you're in a half point, again, like the way the way that I think about it is that the RB landscape is so barren right now. Like, would you would you really feel more comfortable starting Philip Lindsay over him? Um, that's tough. Those are both like that's a tough call. That's like a flex spot that I really wouldn't right. know what to fill. Right. I'm I'm not saying Bucks a world a league winner or a world a world beater. I just think he's a good player, and I think he's very like. I don't think he's just worth throwing around. I think he might be actually have some value. That's all. All right. Well, uh, we'll move on to our negative uh, surprises, our bad surprises so far this year at running back position. And uh, I, I can't say this enough. I, I was very high on Rex Burkhead this year, mm-hmm. and he absolutely trashed it the first few weeks. And now he's on the IR, and he won't be back until I think week 11 or 12. So, um, yeah, I, I feel really bad about the situation. It, it, it's Sony's job now in New England. But, um, damn, Rex, he, he looked he looked like he was primed for, like, a good role. And then he ended up literally doing nothing the first f- three weeks. And now it's, it's all over for him. Yeah, that was unfortunate. And it's not really his fault, I would say. It is a little – obviously the injury, you can't control injuries. Um, but his uh, – just – the fact that Tom is being so inefficient and so bad, and I think the play calling for New England has been absolutely atrocious. I remember watching the Lions game and just being like, what is happening? Like, are these the Patriots? Like, this is not how the Patriots play. Sony Michelle, uh, like, halfback stretch on third and two. That's what you're going to call? Like, you have Tom Brady on your team. Like, like it, it, and it, getting back to Burkhead, it's just it just didn't seem like they ever found the chance to really get him going. And then the injuries came along, and he was always kind of getting threatened by Sony, and uh, James White's always been there too. But I, I, I was with you. I kind of liked Burkhead, and it's kind of unfortunate that he uh, couldn't really finish. Are you, are you holding him through the, the injury? No. No. Um, and I think that's a very wise choice. I wouldn't hold him either. Um, but in general, it's, it is too bad. My disappointment, uh, surprise, I, I think this might be a surprise to everyone but me, um, and that is Dalvin Cook. Dalvin has been quite um, average, and I don't want to say I told you so again. I, like I just, it was just a hunch. I didn't, I didn't have any info. I just had a feeling that Dalvin was going to start slow, um, and he has started slow. Um, I think he is worth grabbing in your league now because this is like I think this actually might be the best time to trade for him. I think well maybe last week was, but this week he had a, a bad week by measure of stats, 
even though he only played on – do you know how many snaps he played? Or, like, I know he was on a snap count, but – I don't know how many – I want to say he broke his snap count in, like, the first half. He he got, like, 20 snaps in the first half, but he finished with 10 carries for 20 yards. I think he finished with maybe, like, 30 to 40 snaps. But, um, no, yeah, he didn't look great. Um, They did have Latavius in for, like – a lot of snaps himself, so um, you are very, very true with uh, Dalvin Cook starting slow. Well, I think the one thing that is of benefit to Dalvin's value going forward is that Latavius in his backup role, in his replacement role, was very bad. He was awful against the Bills. I understand understand the game flow, yeah, it didn't work out in his favor, and everyone was bad that day, but even last week he didn't play well, Um, and when he was in the game, he was mostly pass blocking. and when they wanted a catching RB, their receiving RB is C.J. Ham, who I've never even heard of until uh, this year. Um, so, in general, my, my message about Delvin would be to hold tight. I don't think – I don't think – well, if, I'd say if you have him and you're listening, hold tight. If you are listening, you don't have him, I would try and trade for him because um, his value can only go up from here, and they do like him. You know, this isn't like a, an issue with player personnel. Um, it's more so an injury thing and, and game flow. All right, so we're going to just transition over to wide receivers now um, to our pleasant surprises. I think we covered the running backs uh, that we enjoyed throughout this year and who we have not enjoyed. Um, but for my first surprise at wide receiver, who I'm very upset that I even <laughs> – I, I, I should have never even spoke about him because he's just, he's just proving me wrong like – undoubtedly this guy is just an absolute stud every week and that's Adam Thielen (laughs) for the Minnesota Vikings he's gotten a hundred yards in every game and I think a touchdown in like three out of his four games it's just I don't know or maybe two out of his four games yeah I don't know he he looks really good out there in PPR formats he's he's an absolute wide receiver one stud Uh, I said he was a fourth rounder at the beginning of the year he's easily proven that he's a, a second rounder third rounder he's definitely proven that um, could, could even say he's a first rounder if you want to put him over a few other people. Maybe but next year, I mean, it's possible. He he just looks really good in his crisp route running, and Kirk Cousins, you know, hits him, looks for him a lot. So, um, Adam Thielen is good for like ten catches a game and a hundred yards, and I don't really see it stopping either because the offense needs Diggs and Thielen, and they they work off of each other. So, um, Adam Thielen is my pleasant surprise. Yeah, I know we've talked about we've talked about Thielen almost in depth on this uh, podcast. Not well, we we did touch on him, I believe. Um, last year, I saw this right. I saw glimpses of it. It wasn't as, as it's not going to be as big as this year. Um, but Kirk, the Kirk upgrade over Casey Keen, over Case Keenum, is really significant, and it's to the point where, as you said, Thielen is just a machine right now. Um, even in the bad game against the Bills, he had, like, seven catches for, like, 60 yards or something. Like, he still salvaged his day, fancy-wise. I think he... No, he had 100. Oh, he did have 100? He, 100 he did? Oh, wow, okay, okay. Because I remember looking at one point and being like, everyone's doing shit but him, right? Like, and that Kirk connection, his targets are absolutely insane. Um, the amount of targets that Thielen has gotten so far is honestly... It, it's... I, I wish I could pull it up. Do you have it? Oh, yeah, you're right. All over 100 yards. 6, six 12, 14, and 8 for catches. And he went 16.2, 28.1, 20.5, and 26.5 and half point PPR. 
It's absurd. What's his uh player ranking right now? Four. It's gonna. He's gonna without, be one. That's without counting this. Week. He's gonna be. He's gonna be two behind Michael Thomas. Well, we'll see. What Mike well, we'll see. We'll see. Right. We have to see what happens. Oh, Mike Evans. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. I. I saw. I. I. I knew he was talented. I kind of agreed with you though at the time. Like he wasn't a very attractive choice in, in the second round. Um. That's all changed now. I think it's all changed. Um. Wide receiver. Um. Wide receiver surprises. At least, um, this one's a little bit different than and than Thielen, where Thielen is dominating. This is a little bit more of like a pleasant surprise, uh, and that's Kenny Galladay. Uh, I like Kenny. At first, I wasn't sure what to think about Kenny because there's so many people on that offense. I wasn't sure where he would get his, uh, where he'd get his touches. But I think it's becoming pretty obvious that Golden Tate and Marvin Jones are starting to slow down a little bit. I think they're starting to slow down, and I think Kenny Galladay also brings a lot more than they do in terms of like stretching the field, right? Is, is that you think that's fair to say? Well, Marvin Jones. I know that Marvin is kind of like a, a known deep threat, yeah. but um, it seems like he's taking a lot of what Jones does. I will. I just to add to that, I remember. Um, I think I forget who the I want to say Barrett Scott Barrett. Uh, he tweets out um about Kenny Galladay all the time saying. He put his like combine numbers right next to AJ Green's, and they're act they are identical in in height and weight, and then like their shuttles, their forty yard dash, their their um verticals, everything is the same basically. So Kenny Galladay is essentially AJ Green in the Lions offense. That's like their go to guy now. It looks like Kenny Galladay has taken that role. Like he's the number one guy now in Detroit over over uh marvin on the outside tate obviously has a slot so um good for kenny yeah great uh, great for kenny i mean last year everyone was always so big on him right and he kind of got some hype and then it died down really fast and if anything if i've learned anything in fantasy it's that when it comes to wide receivers rookie wide receivers can be very unreliable other than odell that one year right um and this is coming from someone who has Calvin Ridley on his bench right now, and Antonio Callaway, and I'm all in on the on the rook, on the rookie wide receivers. But you you didn't see a lot going in, and now I think he's starting to like really pay dividends from all of that work he's getting, right? Like being a pro, like you, it changes it changes your your mindset and your focus. Um, and he's really become a very special. I, I I don't want to go maybe special yet. He has the potential to be very special. Um, and just to add in a couple more wide receiver surprises that I had, just like good surprises. Um, Chris Godwin's been a good surprise. Yeah. He's he. I never really expected much from him. Um, and even though he fumbled last week, he could have had a lot, and he dropped a lot. He actually had like I, I read someone say he had the best, the worst best week like they've ever seen. Like he had like one of the worst good weeks ever. He dropped like a couple passes, had a couple touchdowns or one touchdown, um, had that fumble. Um, and I also like, and this one's a little bit out there, I'm a big fan of um, Jakeem Grant. Oh. Um, he just hits, he's a deep threat, and he's so fast. He's crazy. And Yeah, there he is. Yep. Like, his numbers don't jump out to you, right? Like, 5 for 38, um, 2 for 27. Yeah, he brings back a lots of kicks and punts. And he had that two long, he had two catches for 70 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he kind of reminds me of like a Taylor Gabriel, and um, I remember not not 2017 Gabriel, 2016 Taylor Gabriel, where he kind of came in and, and made those like high plays. It, he there are worse guys to go with, um, and then also Tyler Boyd, 
Um, Tyler Boyd has been pretty good, and he's taken a while to kind of get going, like in general. But he went from three three for twenty six to six for ninety one in a touchdown to six for one thirty two in a touchdown, and now he gets ETL Atlanta, who their defense is not as great as it has been. Um, anyone that you've kind of seen that's kind of jumped out to you? Um, for a late pick, I, I guess I mentioned this before um, in, in preseason, was Mike Williams. I, I liked Mike Williams for the Chargers, and then they signed Antonio Gates, uh, and I thought that might take away from his from his red zone targets and his touchdowns. But uh, honestly, he, he has three touchdowns so far through three games. And I think Mike Williams, I, I don't know if he can keep that pace, but I think he you know he, he can finish with double-digit touchdowns this year. Um, he looks really good in that offense. Phillip Rivers seems to like him. Uh, he's another big target. So uh, Mike Williams is another pleasant surprise at wide receiver. And honestly, uh, this one just happened on Thursday night. Cooper Cup just oh, yeah. had himself a day. Um, I, I didn't really think much of Cooper Cup this year. He's kind of just like a medi- – like, I wouldn't say mediocre, like – Middle of the line guy, but he reminds me of like a Cole Beasley. But he does, yeah. I, I maybe a Cole Beasley. He's a little bigger, but yeah. I, he's like he just gets you like five catches for fifty yards every every week. But he actually has four touchdowns so far in four games. So, um, he looks like he's pretty like him and Goff are are pretty solid together. Like they have a good rep. So, um, good for good for Cooper. Um, and the other surprise, I guess this one's like uh, might be our last wide receiver surprise is is Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, first two weeks of the season, I'm pretty sure he got like nine targets total. He caught all nine targets for 300 or 260 yards and three touchdowns. It's just incredible the deep threat this guy is. Every like it seemed like he was he he was gone last year. Like we would never see it again. And then the first two games of this season, he just goes absolutely off with Fitz Magic. It's just you you don't see a guy like Deshaun just resurrect like that. It's just I don't know. I thought it was pretty crazy. Sean's one of those guys who, even though the years have gone on, and he is, how old is he? Like, 30-something. He's got to be in his late 30s now. He's still fast. Like, low 30s. Low 30s? Yeah. How, uh, we'll look it up. But he is, compared to, you know, other guys in the league, an older player. He's a veteran. And it's like, dude, like, how old is he? 31. 31. That's still old, though, for a football player. Pierre right. 32. Chip Kelly. Oh, Chip Kelly's 54. Pierre's 32. Yeah. Kirk is 30, Shady is 30. So, like, yeah, the, the, the those are some of the veteran. He's a veteran now, basically. Yeah. Um, and he's still fast as ever almost. I'd say he hasn't really lost a step. I don't know. No. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a – you know what? I faced him on Monday, um, and he's a scary player to go against because every single time they throw deep, you know it's to him. Yeah. Um, but some usually it was Mike Evans, actually, and that was nice. One or the other. One or the other. Um, how about bad surprises, though? And we'll start off with one that I am painfully aware of, uh, so painfully aware of. That is Chris Hogan. Um, and I think this kind of falls in line with Rex Burkhead, except he's not injured, right? I think that's different. Um, but Tom Brady has been really bad. Um, and I, Chris Hogan, I, I think what it comes down to is that I think I over, um, I overestimated how good he was for being a wide receiver one on a team. I don't think he really has the potential to be a wide receiver one on a team. I think he's 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 not right in that spot. Um, and I drafted him as a wide receiver one. I regret it in, immediately. Um, and I regret it today. He went uh, one for 11. That one hurt. That one that was sad. Uh, three for 42 and two touchdowns. That was such an odd game. It's like those touchdowns didn't even matter. Um, 
And then three for 31 against the whack-ass Lions. Um, just really not what you want to see. And I, I get it. Uh, I'd read somewhere that, you know, he's like his average airtime on his pass attempts to him. is like the highest on the team. And his target share is second behind Gronk. Whatever. Like, those are all nice, but those are not – I don't get fancy points for any of that. You need I need production. And I think what when it comes down to Chris Hogan, he needs Edelman back, and he needs Josh Gordon to get into the offense and open up some room for him. Take the wide receiver one spot away. Yeah, honestly, I think Hogan, like we mentioned this – I mentioned this last year. I think um, Brandon Cooks – like spread that offense out like uh, over the top and yeah. Gronk was like just a big highlight in the middle of the field so it helped guys a guy like Chris Hogan like have a, like a solid role like Brady would find him for like 6 for 80 and a touchdown or something like that yeah. in, in games last year so it was like week 3 through 8 or something like that he was a top 10 wide receiver and we we thought that's what we were getting out of Chris Hogan this year, and it's not. He is actually not able to fulfill that wide receiver one role that Tyler's talking about. Um, he's actually just better as a complementary role behind the big names. So um, hopefully uh, when Gordon comes and Edelman comes, he'll f- have it figured out, and maybe he'll score some touchdowns by the end of the year. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think necessarily you need to drop him. I think he's still worth owning, and, and he still holds some value. Um, but it, it, he's not a guy I can't play him right now. He needs to be on the bench, and he needs to stay on the bench for further notice. Um, Pete, what about you? What 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 wide receiver, unfortunately, is is a a bad surprise? Well, a bad surprise um, that is besides Hogan, because I also own Hogan, and it was sad to see that. Um, a bad surprise is is Amari Cooper. Um, it it was talked up again that he would have himself a featured role in their offense. Um, and we've seen that Amari Cooper is not featured in this offense, actually, in, in Oakland. He he had one catch in the first game, and he had two catches in the third game. He did have a nice week, too, with 10 catches and 100 yards. So, um, I mean, that helps. But if he's supposed to be your wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and he has one catch and two catch games, um, that's, just, that's just not going to fly. Um, he, he's, he's kind of just been disappointing kind of he just like he's always been though he he hasn't actually like shown us like uh, the wide receiver one that we want out of Amari I feel like maybe it was two years ago where he had the thousand yard season and and then last year obviously was a dud and this year is kind of looking like another dud Uh, so Amari Cooper is uh is definitely a guy that I'm surprised that's struggling again well yeah I was gonna say that you know last year he really wasn't all that great and he had drop problems and all that so there was really no reason for people to be optimistic going in. I, I you know, like what were they I understand that he was a great player in college in his first year, but in the NFL it's really what have you done for me lately and he really wasn't that great. So when he went kind of high in drafts, I I really wasn't a, wasn't feeling that. Um it, there's no doubt that he might be able to turn things around, but I I don't like Gruden. Like I don't think Gruden's the right coach for him. Um and I think it comes down to the fact that Gruden really just wants results, and if you don't play well, you don't play at all. And, like, if Amari has – like, he had, like, a good week two, I think. He had a really good week two. Um, and week three, unfortunately, kind of fell apart. Um, a, a wide receiver I'm disappointed in as well. Um, uh, and there's a, there's a couple, but one of them, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, it's not his fault, though. 
That's that. It's not his fault, but it's his line went seven for seventy six to three to twenty eight to two for nine. And wh- around when was he getting picked? Do you think like third, fourth, third, fourth round? Like, uh, oh man, could have juice. Could have had juice. Right. I'm I'm enjoying Jarvis right now, but like, not only yeah, Larry again, not his fault. That's more so Bradford. Maybe Rosen will help him out, but um. I'm su- I think it's a surprise at just how inefficient he's been. I agree. And then one of the guys that I would say in terms of um, disappointment, and uh, you know what? I don't know if this is really a disappointment if you were following along, but Doug Baldwin, right? You, you He said he was 80%, and then he played one week, didn't do anything, and then missed two more weeks. Um, that is disappointing, especially when you consider you probably drafted him in the top four rounds. You had zero points through three weeks, right? Am yeah, I correct there? No yeah, no catches throughout the year. I understand he's a good player, um, but the first three weeks, that's what? That's about 20-something percent of your season already. Like, fantasy football moves fast. You need players who can produce now and today. So he has uh, been a disappointment. Um, to move on to, like, uh, a top-tier wide receiver that's been a bust, um, I wouldn't even call him a bust yet. But I'm a little disappointed with Keenan Allen. He's actually uh, wide receiver number 34 right now. And he had a decent week one um, against Kansas City. Or a good week one, I would say, against Kansas City. 100 yards and a touchdown. But since then, he's been he's been very quiet. And for, as for Keenan Allen's, or um, for Phillip Rivers' top target, to only have nine catches in a two-week span, uh, it's a little concerning. Um, one of the weeks was against the Rams, so uh, I, last week he struggled. He had three for 44, but, I mean, he was a second-round wide receiver, so a lot of people are hoping for more out of Keenan, um, but it, it really hasn't He hasn't proved to be like the standout he was last year, maybe because they have more weapons like Mike Williams, this year, and they kind of dump it off to Eckler and Melvin a little more, it looks like, than what they used to. Um, but Keenan, man, I, I, I want to see a little more out of him. It would li- be nice to see more out of him as my second-round pick. Um, and for a lot of other people, I know they're a little disappointed um, with this guy. Is Odell Beckham, who hasn't found the end zone yet in the three games, he has had two 100-yard games, which is... Which is nice because he he's moving he's moving the ball up and down the field. Um, he had one kind of bad game against Dallas. He had four for four catches for 51 yards, um, but still no touchdowns for Odell Beckham, who you know at this point I think a quarter way through the season, uh, I think he's he's should be good for at least one. Well. I think uh, it's fair to say that all of the first round wide receivers that have been that were picked in the first round have really disappointed. You know, um, if you go through the guys, okay, first wide receiver picked for the most part has been who? Antonio Brown. Um, Antonio Brown position ranked twenty one, right? And the thing is, his his target rate is fine. He's getting like eight, fifteen to sixteen targets a game, um, and nine, nine, and six for catches is fine too. Um, but the long plays, the big plays are not there right now. And so, like, that's good for a, a player, but not for your first rounder, right? Julio, same thing. Position ranked 15. If you take away week one, which was really the bulk of that, he's 5 for 64, 5 for 96, Don't right? DeAndre Hopkins, another one, right? Where's DeAndre? Is he even in the top? There he is. So he's number 19, right? 
eight for seventy eight, six for hundred and ten, six for eighty six. Like none of these first round right. got yeah, no, those are fine. But you want more. Especially from your uh your your first rounder. Um it's a tough game, right? And that's why we play it, is that you don't really know what's gonna go down. Um, Mike Evans has worked out, but he he wasn't going first round. He was going second or or late. I I should have taken him. I didn't even think about him. Um, like and Tyreek, there's a lot of players who are doing well. Um, so we'll have to see how the top guys recover. Um, but if you pick like a top wide receiver or even a top running back, some of these top running backs haven't been doing well unless you have Gurley. Um, it's been tough. It's been a tough year, and and this is it proves more than ever. Your middle round picks are the most important picks yeah. by a, a wide margin. Um, do you have any um any tight ends that you were that you're surprised with one way or the other? Um, I I guessed for this season. I I did say Travis Kelsey might fall off, but he actually hasn't fallen off. Week one, it looked like he fell off, and then week two and week three, he went for a hundred yards in both in both games and two touchdowns in week two. So. He's definitely not falling off. Uh, I say I would say my pleasant surprise, I guess, there really only is one, um, is Jared Cook. I mean, he is uh, the number two tight end right now. He he kind of had a dud week two and three, but in week one he w- had nine catches for 180 yards, and you just don't see that out of tight ends that much. So um, for the f- through the first three weeks, I guess my my pleasant surprise at tight end is. Uh, Jared Cook, I mean, you could throw in, like, a Will Disley or something like that, considering he scored two touchdowns already, and he's been kind of a pleasant surprise for the Seahawks. Um, But, yeah, fantasy-wise, I think Jared Cook, uh, you know, he wasn't really taken in, like, the high tiers of tight ends, but he's proven to be a decent option. Yeah, well, if if we're going off that that requirement, per se, um, he's not a guy that I, I am starting him, actually. Um, and I'm not proud of this, but um, Eric Ebron, right? Like, it's not so more most. It's not more so him and his talent. It's just that he gets a large um, amount of targets every game. He got 11 targets last game, only brought in five. But when it comes to these tight ends, and these tight ends this year are absolutely trash, right? You could do worse than 11 targets, right? And and three of those were in the in the in the end zone, and I had a hard attack each time because I played them last week. Um, and so that's just a pleasant surprise where that I never even thought of um, uh, Eric Ebron being like a thing ever. Um, and you know who actually impressed me on Monday night was O.J. Howard. He looks really good. Cameron Bray, they just signed to a huge deal, which never made sense to me at the time. O.J. Howard is far and away better than him. Um, and if OJ can kind of, you know, beat out Brate and get enough snaps where he's worth starting, um, I would start him in like, with confidence um, because the wide receiver or the tight ends right now are very, very bad um, and a, a bad disappointment. And again, this is not, excuse me, this is not his fault, uh, but Evan Engram uh, has been quite frankly disappointing. Um, and the thing is, is that his first couple games were fine, right? Um, he went two for 18. That was bad. But then went seven for 67 and a touchdown. And then he got, and the thing was, Peter, this has definitely happened to you before. And you definitely have, have had this happen to you. Um, probably this year. I turn on, I have a Sunday ticket this year, which is nice, by the way. I get to watch every single game. Watching Sunday ticket, I turn it to Houston versus... New York, right? 
First play of the second quarter. I'm pumped. Engram, pass to him. Great play, like 16, 19-yard oh play, right? Gets upended. Doesn't even get hit in the leg. Goes down, and then he's stretching out his leg, and I watch him walk off, and that was it. Like, I've never, I've never, that, that is the worst feeling in the world, watching your player get hurt like that. Um, and yeah, what, the, the current report is two to four weeks, which isn't bad. Because at one point they were like, yeah, he is wearing a stabilizing cast. He can't even move his leg. Like, um, it, it could be worse, but you expect that a little more from Ebron if you pay, or I'm sorry, uh, from Engram if you drafted him at this point. Yeah, a tight end that's struggling, it's not really far-fetched that they will struggle. Because most tight ends have their moments of, of struggle. And I think um, the only, there's only, really only three tight ends that kind of stand out this year. Uh, we've already kind of went over it. It was Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz. Um, Ertz finally has Carson Wentz back, so I think this helps Ertz in the long run. Um, they did also target Dallas Goder, I think I don't I don't I hope I'm not butchering his name, but Dallas Goder for the Eagles um, actually outperformed Ertz last week as a tight end, and it's not concerning for Ertz considering he still had his um, looks, but it looks like you know Wentz likes to throw you know two tight ends, and if this Dallas Goder guy you know ends up getting a role in this offense, um, it could hurt Ertz, um, but. Cause just because Wentz is like he likes throwing to tight ends, so um, if there is another tight end taking targets away from Ertz, obviously that's not helping. And Gronk, we hope Gronk can turn it around. He had a great week one, seven for one twenty-three and a touchdown, but he's been super quiet since. And um, I don't know, just the whole Patriots offense looks miserable. So I think uh, when's the Patriot bye week? Eleven. Oh, they they need a reset like bad, you know. Um. I guess they won't get one. Miami, Indy, KC. Well, I guess Indy, Indy is a Thursday nighter, so maybe they can like reset after the Thursday night. I don't know. Um, but I agree. Gronk is when you pick Gronk, you expect that seven for a one twenty-one a touchdown week every week. You know. Hopefully. Um, but you know what? Hasn't gotten hurt. I know he's questionable. He always is though. So it's like you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, he hasn't gotten like again. Knock on wood. I don't wish ill will on any player. Um, but he hopefully he can, you know, stay healthy. Um, transitioning from I think do you have any other guys that you that you are disappointed in in general you want to, to discuss FanDuel DraftKings daily sports and we are um we're we're, we're both kind of fed up with with daily already uh but I, I feel like uh, at least we can give a, a, what do you think like a stack for each each one yeah, stack. um so what stack are you looking at right now so I'm there's well I'll give I'll just give like two stacks I think uh, this is the week Rivers and Keenan get back on track um, if you're a Keenan fan um, like myself you would hope so so um, against San Francisco it's not a it's a pretty weak defense um, I think it's going to be high scoring um, Keenan and Rivers is a decent stack but also this week I think I'm I'm gonna go out on a, a, a whim here. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry. You guys like that? Anyone like that? Um, I think Jarvis is is definitely comfortable in that comfortable in that offense, and Baker looks great. And the Oakland Raiders have no pass rush, so I think Baker is going to be able to step into all of his throws. He's going to you know sling that cannon that he's got, and um, I think he could throw. He, I think he can go for three hundred yards and like you know maybe two touchdowns. 
Um, and probably one of them, you know, Jarvis isn't a touchdown guy, but I think he can get 10 catches for like 100-something yards um, against Oakland's not-so-great secondary. Okay. Um, and this is for FanDuel. Um, yours is DraftKings. Um, for FanDuel, and, and this could go for both, at least but this for value-wise, I think the Giants are a really good stack this week. They face the uh, New Orleans Saints, who, you know, are a good offensive team, but defensively have struggled this year and are now known as being a good defensive unit. Um, Eli's going for 7,100 right now. And if you compare that to the, um, if you compare that to the top QB, which is Breeze at 8,700, um, I think those two are going to have like very similar games. I, I really do. Um, and if you look at some of the options around that, you could um, Saquon is eight thousand on FanDuel, but um, I, I'm not opposed to that stack. But one of the, st- the 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 stack I would really want is I would want Eli, Odell, and Sterling Shepard. That's the stack I want um, because Sterling Shepard, when um, when he and since drafted him and Odell have had very similar numbers. O- Odell has played less games, but Sterling is no slouch. Um, on DraftKings, he is four thousand. Is he? What, what's he's, he? He's forty nine hundred. Yeah. Forty nine hundred. That's really cheap, right? Mm, yeah, it's, it's lower. Let's see. On on Fanduel, like Fanduel, the cheapest guys like are five thousand, and on DraftKings, the cheapest guys are like three thousand. So if you put it into perspective, uh, both are. I think they're both like at good value. Like Sterling Shepard's at good value on both Fanduel and DraftKings, and I like Sterling Shepard in all formats this this week. Me too. Me too. Um, I actually told someone to play. <laughs> I told someone to play uh, Sterling over Cooper Cup on Thursday, actually. And I'm sorry to that person. You know who you are. Um, but I think Sterling's going to have a very good day. And it, even though Engram wasn't getting a huge share of the targets, that's just one less option, you know. And so it can only help um, going forward. This is a like way out in left field. I'm just gonna throw this out there just to have it on record. But um, oh. uh, I I think Mitchell Trubisky oh and Trey Burton have like have themselves a day against Tampa Bay Buccaneers because Buccaneers have been horrid against the pass defense this year. Yeah. They've just been horrid in general on defense. Um, their offense is scoring like crazy, but their defense is not you know holding t- down any. Uh, team to uh, like uh, under like 30 points. I think they've given up at least 30 points almost in every game. Um, I think this week is is just another week in the books for the Buccaneers defense where they give up more points and, and Trubisky and Burton are the beneficiaries. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm not a huge Trubisky guy in terms of his talent, but um, if there's any week to like rip a Trubisky Burton stack or any bear stack, it's this week yeah. for sure. Um, one more stack. I like my out there stack, and I told you this one when we started. Um, I like it, the Colts. Um, the Colts are playing. I'm sorry, I don't. Texans. The Texans, who defensively up front are good, right? But uh, their secondary has a lot have has left a lot to be desired. So I feel like a stack of luck. T. Y. Hilton and Ebron. Stay with me. Would be. Really an interesting stack, and here's why. One, I think ownership would be really low, and I think that's an important thing when you're trying to win the million dollars, right? If you're looking at this from the million-dollar perspective, you want low ownership, and I think those guys will have low ownership, and those are the two main beneficiaries of the offense. There's no one else, right? Ebron gets 11 targets. T.Y. gets like 10 to 15. Um, 
you can't ask for much more than that. Um, and so again, it's not the prettiest stack, and those but those guys are low valued. And so um, again, that's up to you. It's your call. But you can you could I like the Eli one too. I think that's probably better the better play. But if you're trying to do the contrarian play, which is if for, for those who don't know, contrarian play means going against the grain, right? Going against common knowledge, going against common thought. I think it's a it's a it's a worthy a worthy play. Yeah, nothing like a long shot panning out, huh? It feels good in the end, but um, yeah. the odds that it actually works, you know, uh, it could they could just be like an average play, which is you know maybe is just as good um, right. if if you end up finishing in in the money anyway. Um, we would like to conclude this podcast. We're running about fifty minutes here. Um, we're hoping that um, we're gonna keep them even lower than this probably for the rest of the year we did kind of do a little catch-up um that we 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 were behind for a few weeks but now i think we're, we're all set um moving forward so um yeah this was this was another successful podcast thanks for listening yes thank you for listening and you can always find us on twitter uh at pt fan sports pod um that's always an option and you can always get contact us individually we can always help everyone out um, so have a great rest of your weekend. If you're listening to us on a Sunday, good luck. Uh, and may the best teams win.